I'll come back. 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 Okay, I was like, oh my, we, we, we bitch now. Oh, I see it. I see it live. Um, it's true. I'm making sure my sound is muted. Uh, Priest, are you ready to go or are you eating something? No, I'm done. I hear I'm, somebody I'm chewing. That's me, sorry. Guys, both of you, both of you, we're starting to you, you, you have time to eat before the cast. Whee! <laughs> You're such <laughs> fucking god, you, you... <laughs> All right. Are we, are we ready this, to do the cutoff for iTunes? Yeah. Okay. Do, but go ahead. Five, four, three, two, one. Barcast Drag Race! Welcome to the Barcast! No, Barcast no, Drag no, Race! Like I don't like this! For every week! I Please stop and just read us in. Oh my fucking lord. <laughs> what do you have against Drag Race? Come on. I love Drag Race. Don't you bring that in here. But I love Drag Race. <laughs> Your bartenders for this evening are non-pencil. Bitch, I'm from Chicago! <laughs> right, did it, fucking did I dead. Did I short out? I yelled bitch, I'm from no, Chicago. No, I heard it and I went to Enigma and then he just said... Enigma. I, I did not hear. Yeah, you said. I heard okay. Silent. Okay, Enigma. Why are we here? Just to suffer. Milk. Nobody cares about you, Enigma. Go home. Rav. Goldfish. And I'm from New York. I have no problems. This week we have a very special guest, one that I've had the chance to interact personally when I was a wee wee follower, Bab on Fimfic. Um, I consider myself honored, privileged. And truly grateful to have the V-Claw on today. Uh, thank you very much. That actually means a lot. Like, I actually do remember meeting you at uh, Midwest Brody Fest in 2015. Like, that was a really nice interaction. So it's really great to be on here right now. Yee. But before we start talking about raging horsecock, uh, let's talk a little bit about for, <laughs> talk a little bit about ourselves for those who are tuning in for the first time. Hello and welcome. We're a community-oriented podcast where you politely request the guests. We politely ask them on. You ask the questions when we make them miserable for two hours. For those who haven't tuned in before, you can check us out on places where you watch podcast-related material like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music, which is actually dead. That thing doesn't exist anymore. And of course, YouTube, where we have all of our videos, plus other shows like Screaming Closet, Writer's Workshop, Shit Face, Shit Fix, and many, many more. Um, we're streaming live on Twitch right now, so the lovely and on Pencil is watching the chat. Pencil, what are questions we don't ask our guest? Hey, if you ask our guest, like, where they live and what their social security number is, I'm not going to ask that. If you ask our guest, you know, questions about politics or religion, I'm not going to ask that. If you are insistent, I'm going to fucking ban you. It's that simple. You can do it. I believe in you. You guys know better at this point. I'm watching the chat. Don't let me down. Speaking of letting you down, this week we have a drinking word. Um, if you ever hear the phrase out of any of us, including V, you know what I mean. 
know what I mean? Eh, eh. Take a nice, healthy, responsible drink. Please drink responsibly. We don't want to send someone to the hospital again. So I think that covers everything. Let's get into some actual interview beginner warm-up questions. No, before we... stop. Horse what rescue charity. Horse rescue charity and money. Oh, that's right. Um, just as a quick reminder, and we'll talk about it a little more halfway through the cast, 100% of our profits and proceeds, whether it's ads on YouTube or uh, bits donated on Twitch, go to Horse Rescue Charity, specific Red Wings Horse Sanctuary out in Middle California. It's a really wonderful cause. Last year, we were able to donate um, several hundred dollars, and we hope to keep up the generosity. Um, hopefully, you guys can take some time halfway through the cast to maybe watch an ad and donate some bits to Horse Rescue. Um, please support our money-losing scheme. So, without further ado, we got questions. V has answers. Let's, let's, let's kick this off. Uh, let's start with a very basic introduction, V Claw. Who are you, and what do you do in the fandom? Well, I am a fan fiction writer. I started back in 2013, right as I was graduating college. I originally graduated from M uh, MSU with a degree in journalism, but that didn't really work out for me because, you know, I was stupid enough to think that I could get a career in radio when that's about as outdated as the horse and buggy. But, you know, ever since then, I've been working really hard uh, making myself as a full-fledged freelance writer on both fin fiction also fur affinity also by the v claw and so furry as Troyus clauston uh you could probably look on my fin fiction account to find both links to those and i also have a patreon under the v claw if anyone is wanting to follow me there i have a lot of big projects coming up including one that's agrisuko related so you know who knows that might get a few people uh, they might get their fancies tickled from that. Yeah, I mean, they they might have the opportunity to hide a, their cock in butts. I don't know. That was, well, it was funny in my head. I think it's Haida that's going to get something hidden because um, it was actually part of a Patreon uh, randomizer last month. I hold a randomizer every month uh, where people, uh, where patrons submit their ideas and I put them through a number generator to see what happens. And last month, the winners were Haida from Agrisuko. The setting is a farm outdoors. And the overall theme is pegging. And that's going to oh. include Fenico. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that is certainly... You know what? That actually sounds really interesting. Um, Fuck yeah. Now, you're one of the things I really like about having you on right now, uh, V-Claw, is because you, you just talked about how you're spreading from not just Pony, but also into more furry-based um, kind of writing and other modes of um, writing. And I think a lot of people in the fandom right now are in this unique place right now where the show's over and they're looking to grow into more directions. How has growing out into more fur-related communities and expanding your writing style how has that um may change your perception of fin fiction or have you found that it's harder to gain that kind of respect on uh fur sites rather than fin fiction well the thing is i noticed that a lot of people on 
fan fiction have been leaving the fandom. Like, a lot of authors I've been a big fan of, including, like, most recently, Gara the Author, have been leaving that fandom and pursuing other uh, interests. So, I mean, I'm not going to be leaving fan fiction. Like, this fandom has helped me out in so many ways, including with me meeting my boyfriend, and we've been together for about five and a half years now. So I'm not going to be leaving that fandom, but I also have been pursuing other things like for affinity and fan fiction. It's and uh, surfery, and it's nice being able to actually like expand my horizons and to deal with more fandoms. Like I recently did a Star Fox story last month that involved uh, tickling as the main kink, and that's up on my fur affinity page right now. Uh, but yeah. It's actually been kind of nice uh, being able to expand my horizons to try to do new things. Awesome. Now, we we are primarily a, a horse cast, so with that in mind, I've still got some more horse questions for you. Um, what is your favorite part of the Brony fandom? The online community, fan fictions, cons, music? What ends up keeping you here? Honestly, the biggest thing is just, like, the sense of camaraderie, because I've met a lot of my closest friends online from the Brody community, and even though some of them have moved on to other things, I still keep good contact with them. I still write good stories for them, even if they're not, like, MLP-related. And like I said before, like, I've met my boyfriend through uh, film fiction specifically. Like, we actually met as fellow writers— Storm Von Butt, he uh, sort of messaged me in a PM, and we got talking, and that turned to Skype conversations. And nowadays, they are living with me, and we are living very happily together as two freelance writers, you know, making do during this sort of semi-apocalyptic setting. Getting together with fellow uh, writers. You know what that's like, Breeze. I do. I remember once upon a time in the pre in the old days, we had this thing called um, uh, conventions. Yeah, <laughs> I think and I've heard of these I, things. I, I I meant more that you found your girlfriend through My Little Pony, but I, I'm fine with that. That's right. We met in the Skype call, and um, you told me about uh, being becoming an actual writer is really fucking hard. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And then we met at a con and then did kiss you, and it was nice. Ponies bring people together. Why it's is everyone true. hooking up through Pony except for me, goddammit? I mean, it's because you asked the stripper about it, your fan fiction. You asked the stripper about fan fiction. No, I, 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 no that's not what I asked her. You asked her about so many things, including <laughs> fan fiction. Do you strip because it's fun or because the money's good? That's what I asked her. Not nothing about my fan fiction. Well, she, she saw your Patreon button and asked what your Patreon was, and then you explained fan fiction. I don't care. Strippers make a shit ton of money. I'd be surprised if a Patreon account could make more than a stripper in a single night. I mean, let's be honest here. It, it depends. But this is the B Claw show, not the beat up on Enigma show. Actually, I think I'm wrong about that. <laughs> I'm not going to dwell on that. We're going to move on. Bad transition. V, we're at a point where the show is over. Where do we as a community go from here to keep ourselves alive and relevant? Well, we briefly had news coming out about Gen 5 coming out. And from the news I've been hearing about that, it seems like it's going to actually continue on from 
the universe of G4. Like, I think the actual um, description given out from Equestria Daily is that the new character is going to be an activist uh, trying to evoke change. And I'm not sure what the hell that means. Like, did Twilight Sparkle fuck up some big way? Or maybe oh. there's some new ruler... But I'm very interested to see how Gen 5 turns out. And hopefully that will help uh, bring some new life into the fandom and maybe some much-needed change. But, you know. So, activist, right? So she, the main character is going to be an environmental terrorist, right? Well, who knows? I mean, maybe it's something else. I mean, we don't know what's going to be happening in Gen 5. I mean, for all we know, maybe some new nation is coming up to uh, try to take things over and... Uh, the main uh, protagonist is one of the few that's trying to stand up against it. We don't know. But I am very curious to see what happens here because I kind of want to see what happened post-G4 because, God, that finale episode was one of the best. Like, let's be honest, MLP had a better season finale than most other shows out there, like Game of Thrones, Supernatural, Star Wars. I mean, who's the who would have thought that MLP would have a better finale than most of those fandoms, you know? Right? Yes. <laughs> now, last but not least, the, the final, like, actual interview question we've got for you before we throw you to the wolves is the hardest one. And it's this might this might actually put you in a little hot water, my friend. Who is best pony? You know what? I would probably say Spike. Like, Spike is, one, hands down, one of my favorite characters. I love writing him. I mean, obviously, if you've seen a good majority of my work, you would know that. But I also think he was given one of the best character developments within the final episodes. Like, in one of the final things, when Chris was had him by his wings, he still was willing to say, don't try to save me. Think for yourselves. He was willing to sacrifice his wings to save Equestria. That says so much about it. Like, honestly, Spike is my all-time favorite character. I am seriously considering my next tattoo being of him on my arm. I'm not even kidding. Well, okay. I, to, to our luck, we have resident Spike hater and destroyer in this chat right now on non-pencil. <laughs> How are you doing now? <laughs> I hear you like Spike, V. Is yeah, this true? Have you read my content? You know how much I'm a fan of Spike. And, you know, not just with... <laughs> but seriously, I've been thinking my next tattoo design... I have five tattoos on me so far. I was thinking my next tattoo would be, like, of Spike's DJ helmet from the episode She's All Yak, when he was, like, a DJ, and he had, like, that um, DJ Deadmau5 helmet sort of style. I was kind of wanting to get that helmet tattooed on my forearm. You know, as much as I dislike Spike, I do love the fact that he basically told Rarity to be gone, thought. I mean, yeah, he is a great character. Like, I honestly love how much he's developed throughout the series. Like, he's one of my favorite characters. And that's not just because I've written a ton of porn of him, but because, you know, I try my best to try to make it written as respectfully as possible. But, you know. <laughs> well, I think you know we what can I mean? all... 
I think we can all here agree that Spike is a fuckboy. So I think we're we're all <laughs> future Spike skips legs day. He's just all top, no bottom. <laughs> I want to skin him and wrap the skin around many dead animal carcasses and throw it into the water and hope that fish eat it. I feel like you should be visiting a psychiatrist about those sorts of feelings, you know? Let's tell my psychiatrist that. MLP spike isn't real. MLP spike can't hurt you, pencil. It's not true. <laughs> now, we've got our first question from the chat. And they haven't disappointed us. Um, that that time is long past. Uh, we're going to our first question from Mugney, who asks, how big is your penis? Um, well, I will say it is uncut. And that's one oh. of the smart... I will say that is one of the smartest decisions my mother has made. I'm not going to go into that, but I will say that it's definitely like over six inches, so that will say something. But mm. yeah, Uncut, I'm not just gonna... like my drugs. Yeah, my, absolutely. My mine is my dick is a Snyder's cut. It doesn't exist. Are you talking about like? Uh, <laughs> Uh, Justice League uncut or Watchmen uncut? Yes. <laughs> or or maybe uh, Sucker Punch uncut. I don't fucking know. Okay. I don't know. I've watched a lot of Zack Snyder films. Honestly, my favorite film from Zack Snyder is the Dawn of the Dead remake, but that's just me. Because today, just talk about things Pencil Hates Day. That's fine. Okay. You hate uncut? No, I, I hate Zack Snyder. Oh, oh no. The, the Dawn of the Dead remake is legitimately really good. And this is coming from someone, my favorite film of all time is the original Dawn of the Dead by George Romero. But even I will admit that Zack Snyder did a damn good job with the remake. I will say that. All right, let's head over to our thread. The first poster is the other other guy who just says, hey. Hey. That's it. <laughs> you, you also have a question from Muggany behind the counter. Oh, I think there's more Muggany questions? Okay. Will V-Claw come to my birthday party? I will be older next year. Well, due to the uh, severity of the coronavirus which i'm hoping you guys don't consider a political issue because i certainly don't yeah i'm not really leaving my apartment that's actually why i left my original day job like i used to work as a night otter at a hotel but yeah back in july i showed up one night and the evening clerk wasn't wearing a mask there were six people in the lobby not wearing masks and I ended up having a mental breakdown. I had to call my boss and have her come in, which was like at midnight. So that was a big deal. But Oh, yeah, that's always I, fun, isn't it? I worked at that company for like four years. And the fact that they didn't give a single flying fuck about mass ordinances, that just, that just ruined me. Like, I tried calling the next morning to tell them about what happened. And they were like, oh. Well, we put up signs telling people to wear masks, so we don't, we, we can't really do anything else. So I was just like, you know what? Fuck you! I quit. And ever since then, I've been writing porn online as my sole source of income. 
And you know what? I don't really have any regrets. You know, I'd rather write porn than just uh, try to defend myself in front of a bunch of anti-maskers all night. Mm. And God damn. Oh, I hated <laughs> that job. I hated working at that place. I swear to God. Holy, totally fair. Back to um, porn. Hey, back to yeah. porn now. Right now. Thank Hello. you. Thank back you. Back to porn. Mugany has the next post out in the thread who says, number one, hi, how are you? I'm doing very good for myself. Thank you very much. Yay. Number two, why is boxed water the best water? Box water? That is the, a thing. What the fuck is box water? I've never heard of that before. Is that like like uh, juice boxes? Is that what it is? Because yes. I've never heard of box water in my <sighs> life. I mean, it comes in like a carton. Well, yeah, I don't have know. you seen the coconut water? No, no, this is just no. It literally comes in like a milk mm. carton, guys. It's right. It's, boxed water is a brand, believe it or not. <laughs> yes, I, I, mean, it water, I figured usually... it'd be like the coconut water where they got the little screw cap on one side. Yeah, my boyfriend and I usually just buy like packs of the bottled water from Walmart. Like mm. that does good for us. Up next is number three. Will you marry me? No, I am taken. And very happily so. Number four is, why won't you marry me? <laughs> because I already have someone who I love dearly. Like, number I've been with my boyfriend for the past, like, five and a half years. And I could not think of anyone who I'd rather be with. Like, I am extremely lucky to have found them the way I did. Like, we've been through fucking fib fiction. How many people can say that about couples that are still around? I, like, so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, there are there are quite a few, like, really nice couples on fib fiction. They're just, like, OTP, so it's great. Yeah, n nice <laughs> ones. N not like Priest and I. We're, we're awful. We're... we're <laughs> We're hedonists, and it's great. I mean, hey, I'm not judge of that. I mean, Stormy and I are pretty uh, outside the cut of normal social things, but, you know, not going to go into that right now due to certain rules, but whatever. Let's just you say just said you're on. uncut. Ayo, jokes. <laughs> Up next. Oh, come on, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh, let's see. Oh, my, man, these questions really, really lean into this. It's like number five. Now he's sad. He says, well, I know you better than any other man. I highly doubt that. <laughs> I highly doubt that. Like... And, then, <laughs> and then it goes, uh, it's because of George. Are you seeing George now? I need to murder that man. I just want to be loved. Who the fuck is George? Are you talking about, like, Curious George? Because I have not written any porn about Curious George, nor would I want to. No, no, uh, you gotta you draw... You, got, you don't want you gotta write, You gotta write about you know, George Costanza porn. You know who I think is the real-life George Costanza? Big Ed from 90 Day Fiance. Anyone who has looked at that weird fucker online... That is the real life George Costanza. 
everything that he does feels like a George Costanza plotline on Seinfeld. I mean, that might just be me, but like, seriously, check out 90 Day Fiance with Big Ed. It is the most entertaining thing I have seen back in 2020. I absolutely love it. I would recommend it. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm a real-life mini-Kramer. I the don't know what... Even mean? I don't even I... know what mini-Kramer is. <laughs> that sounds like a weird, like... I, I, I'm young um... Kramer. I have, I should... It means he has small pee-pee. I'm just saying, you probably shouldn't compare yourself to Kramer, considering the guy who played Kramer did a lot of racist shit, like, I, I a thought, while I back. Thought he said, I thought he said Kramer, like, coffee, and I was like, ah, because he has the tiny pee-pee, it makes sense. And that's, See, what that's, I, what I, I that's the way too. I went with it, yeah. Small All right, pee-pee. that might be better. That might actually be better <laughs> than mini Kramer. I'm just being honest right now. And then, last but not least, number eight, how your day... Uh, my dad's been pretty good. I woke up at around 3 p.m. right now because I was up since, like, 7 or 8 uh, finishing up Game Night 2 on Patreon. I have, like, about 9,200 words written on that story so far. And that's just, like, a setup. I still have, like, a bunch more to write out. But you can check out my Patreon, the V-Claw, to f- see what has been written so far. But I'm very happy with how the story's going at the moment. Nice. Now we're going to RK Striker JK5. Uh, number one, what's your favorite non-MLP franchise? You know what? I would probably say My Hero Academia. I honestly love that fandom, and Deku, I sort of latched onto him. Like, I would totally get a tattoo of Deku on, like, one of my legs. Like, uh, that school festival arc that happened where he was fighting against Todoroki and he just uh, went, Come to me with everything you've got! I would totally get that as a tattoo. I'm not even kidding. Like, Deku is seriously one of my favorite characters ever. But I'm not going to uh, get a tattoo until that series is finished because I've seen from Game of Thrones how easily characters can change even by the final season. Subverting expectations. <laughs> Up next, have you done any fan-related content for a non-MLP franchise? Um, you can look on my fur fanny or surfage pages to see what I've done. I've done a lot of different fans, including Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Star Fox, a lot of Zootopia stories, which I've been uh, gathering up on my fur fanny page. If you just look on there, I go by the V-Claw on Fur Affinity or Troyus Quaston, uh, spelled T-R-O-I-U-S, Quaston, on SoFurry. And you can see why I've written on there. But I've done a lot of stuff outside of MOP so far. And I'm going to be doing the Agrasuko story next. So if you want to see uh, Haida getting pegged by Fedeco feel free to check those out or to follow my Patreon when I start work on that later on, uh, hopefully before the end of this month. We'll see. All right. But, yeah. And then, number three, do you prefer Wolverine's Claws, Freddy Krueger's, Vega's, or Dr. Claw? You know what? If we're just going on overall strength, I would say Wolverine because, you know, that's adamantium. That's 
that's that shit was able to cut through metal. I doubt that Freddy Krueger could do that with those little flimsy knife nails that he did. And I honestly don't want to like try to say Freddy Krueger because the remake confirmed that he was a pedophile. <laughs> so yeah, I would say Wolverine. That. Yeah, uh, I would say Wolverine more than anything else. The correct answer uh, is the claws of that tall lady from Resident Evil Eight. <laughs> God, I'm just waiting for someone to try to commission me for that swordship because I know that's got to happen. People are going to be like, oh, furries are so cringy. But then they see that shit and they're going to be like, take me, mommy. <laughs> like, Big you know mommy shit's gonna happen. milkers. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Now, for the next set of questions, we're going to Star, who I terribly, terribly skipped over because I am terrible at using my eyes. Number one, what organs are you especially willing to part with? Um, you know what? If it's for some transplant surgery to help someone in need, I wouldn't be mine. I wouldn't mind to, like, give up one of my kidneys if I was able to. Or maybe an appendix, because I haven't had that removed, so who knows? Maybe that wouldn't really mean anything for me but yeah those are probably the top two organs i would uh put away with all right isn't there isn't there like a safe amount of a safe length of intestine that you can get rid of i mean maybe but i was just thinking like theoretically like the safest things like a kidney or the appendix are probably my safest bets right now Speaking of safe bets, the next question is, how do you write so fast? Desperation and money. Those are my top two biggest incentives for that sort of thing. (laughs) All right. Up next, we've got, are the straights okay? Well, considering what's been going on in our country nowadays, I would say absolutely not. <clears throat> so, a little too let's much. change the subject to something else. Next question, please. All right, I apologize. Well, let's see. The next question is, do you have a favorite breed of bread? Um, I usually get honey wheat bread when I go shopping because that's the one I usually get because it's one of the cheapest, but... When it comes to making a good grilled cheese, I would recommend getting potato bread. That would be the one thing that I would recommend more than anything else. Because that is delicious. I'm just saying that out right now. Next question. What kind of establishment do you think would benefit from a skin optional rule? Well, definitely not any schools, I will say that. Um, I'm not really sure because for me, whenever I write porn... One of the things I've always insisted on is consent. So for me, if there's any establishment that would go with skin optional, I would have to make sure before anything else that everyone was perfectly willing with it. Because consent, not only is it important to me, but I consider consent to be sexy. Like if someone is truly wanting something to happen, that is hotter than anything else. Like, I can't really get into force stuff, but if someone is truly willing, that, to me, just gets me off, uh, personally. Mm. But yeah, consent is the most important thing. 
completely agree. Um, now then, approximately how many children need to be consumed to cross the line between general nuisance to helpful member of the community? What the fuck? Wait, I don't understand <laughs> the, the question. What the hell, Enigma? Let me explain. The question is, how many children do you have to eat before you are no longer viewed as a nuisance and are instead viewed as a help to society for eating children? Well, I feel like that's something that people would be pissed off about that no matter how many children I ate. If I ate one child, you know that would be like something that everyone would be pissed off about. And even if I ate a thousand, no one's going to be like, hey, you know what, maybe he's doing some good for the world. I can't really see that happening. But but, like, but I, I was really hungry. <laughs> I'm just thinking like the ending of that Netflix movie, Whatever Happened on Monday. Have you guys seen that? Like, it was I've like this close yeah, but you remember how, like, at the end of the film, like, they showed all those babies being born, and as I see that, I was thinking, holy shit, that's going to lead to a lot of consequences down the line. Like, maybe that villain kind of had a point. I, like, I, people... I, I only... Jonathan... Sorry. I, was I, only... I only eat farm-grown babies, thank you very much. <laughs> oh my god. Organic <laughs> children! Free-ranged... <laughs> Jonathan Swift has entered the chat. <laughs> Just for the okay. literary fans out there who will get that joke. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I mean, boys. I would have taken Hannibal Lecter as a good second. Fair enough, fair enough. Speaking of Hannibal Lecter, we're going... Oh, oh sorry. There's one more ice, ice star question. Okay. What is one color the world could do without and why is it beige? You know what? I actually can't kind of uh, disagree with that. Like, beige or tan are pretty, like, bland colors overall. Like, I can't really see any purpose of those colors being around, except for, like, maybe identifying clay. But, you know, even then, like, you know what? I'm fine with beige being removed. You know what? I'm kind of with him on that. All right, now we're going to Jake the Army Guy, who starts by saying, Howdy, my dude. Number one looks at the fetishes you write. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what? I can't even deny that. Like, I have definitely written a lot of controversial things, especially since I quit my day job and I started writing full-time. Like, by that point, you know, the people who commissioned me for stories are the ones who helped me, like, help pay my rent every month so just like oh you want me to write this sort of fetish risk character okay sure thing how many words do you want okay i could probably add a couple more if you add like 30 dollars to the pot all right that sounds good and i just write that out and by the time i finish with it i'm like all right let's see what else is out there but like that's just the way it rolls you know i think it's totally fair hey you are you are writing to make the money, and if that's what makes the monies, understood. Absolutely. Number, number three, what made you want to start taking up writing to begin with? Well, at the beginning, like I had a lot of stories I wanted uh, to get out of my head because I've constantly thought about them, especially when I was writing the Brushed Away series. Like I really wanted to write a story of like a gay teen, like finding hope and retribution through his life and through his talents. And I was, I'm really glad of what I was managed to achieve through Brush Away. And I'm 
currently working to try to get that converted to like a full physical book that I could actually like sell online for people to buy, like as like either hardback or paperback. I recently actually just got brushed away completely revised and if you look on my fan fiction brushed away has been completely like revised so like it's like fully proofread with the help of double r forest uh i can't say enough how much they have helped me throughout the past few months during 2020 because they really went above and beyond to help me out and you know honestly i'm just really wanting to try to get that story up off the ground if uh, uh hopefully I can do that with the next stimulus package, I can like uh, get that story put out there and people can actually purchase it physically. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. I'm just saying that right now. Oh, that's totally fair. Hey, uh I would definitely recommend checking out Lulu. That was how I was able to get my book made. Um definitely worth checking out. Number four. Yeah. If I were to get on a high-speed train from Houston to San Francisco, and you got on a high-speed train from Paris to Berlin, how dense of a singularity would you need to create to warp space enough that our trains intersected? Well, I think with that sort of question, you would need to have a time lord involved, or at least someone who has that sort of experience with the matter, because... I'm not really that good with math. Like, I was good with algebra back in high school, but as soon as college came along, I was struggling. I was literally on the dean's... Uh, I was literally on academic probation when it came to college-grade algebra. That shit does not take any prisoners. I can say that from experience. Hey, Enigma, he mentioned Time Lords. Do-do-do! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I technically made a Doctor Who reference in the first Rush Away story, like when Canvas won his first art competition. One of the runners up was Dinky, who had a Doctor Who's theme painting. So, you know, that's Who's something I am aware of. I would say the uh, David Tennant was the best Doctor, uh, the 11th or the 10th. Uh, was mm -hmm. it the 10th? Matt Smith, and, are you talking about Matt Smith or Matt Smith was the eleventh, I thought. Yeah. Okay, the tenth doctor. Tenet. David Tennant was the best, but the best assistant, I would say, was Ace was Ace McShane from the seventh doctor. She Ooh. was fucking awesome. I would love to see I would love to have seen her working with David Tennant. Oh my god, they would have made such a good crossover. That's just me though. I just like mm. Martha Smith, all right. You know what? I don't blame you. Martha was absolutely awesome, and I love that she was the first, like, black assistant of uh, the Doctor. Like, you know what? All praise to Martha. I love Martha. Next, number five. What is the best episode? You know what? In retrospect, I would say one of the... One of my personal favorites was honestly the Ticketmaster. But I know that was, like, one of the very first episodes. But I did, like, give the first uh, real looks at all the main characters. But I also really liked Castlemania. And that's an episode that a lot of people didn't like. But I honestly really liked it because it did show all the characters together in the same place, doing their own thing. I also really liked She's All Yak because I'm honestly a big fan of Yona and Sambar as a pairing. And... 
no uh, obligation against people who are like for Galbar. Like, obviously, I love Gallus and Sandbar as a couple. Like, my very first story was Pony, Griffin, Perry. So, as soon as I saw those two in the beginning of season, I was like, fuck yes, I want to see more of that. But as by the time we came to like Sandbar and Yona, I was like, you know what? That's really sweet. And I'm really glad I wrote more of those two together because Sandbar and Yona are a perfect pairing, in my opinion. Can I just retitle uh, Ticketmaster to Two Tickets, Six Mares? <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, the first thing that came to my head was fucking centipede. Uh come on. That's oh, a great video that. game. Centipede. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> I'm surprised you know that. Number six. Getting to my favorite story from you, what could have been lost, which I only just realized I never favorited for some reason. What made you want to write it? You seem to have perfectly played on Spike's worst fear of losing Twilight. Why did you decide to focus on Twilight and Spike over the others? Okay, fun thing about that story, I actually had, like, a much larger idea for that story as a whole. It'd be, like, some multi-chaptered epic where all of the different characters would be, like, trying to reconcile with Twilight. And I still have an idea for that story as a whole, but as a Rule 63 version where it would be, like, dust shine and everyone with a gender switch. And I feel like that would have honestly been a better story overall just because it would give a better perspective about how shining armor was more of a victim by having it be gleaming shield and sort of emphasizing that, you know, things weren't exactly consensual on her end. And during my thoughts about that, sort of storyline i just had this idea of you know how spike must have been feeling so eventually that sort of came to be like a one shot just focused on him and i will say i do have a lot of plans if i ever did do a rule 63 version of a Cadillac wedding storyline i would have a lot thought out there and i will say one of my ideas was specifically a headcanning involving butterscotch about him but not saying anything about it and not really judging him for it and I actually had a lot thought out about that sort of storyline like honestly if I ever do work on that I would like to work on a storyline involving Butterscotch in particular but you know that's very far off in the near future if it ever happens alright actually number 7 kind of touches on Caramel um, uh, Big Mac and Caramel, Secret Agents, is amazing in every way. No question, just saying a fact. Move along, Flutter Priest. Wow. Okay, thanks, Jake. 
I feel a little attacked right now. It's like I'm just being your mouthpiece or something. It's fine, but he has more questions. It's okay, Priesty Pie. Look, there's look, number eight is an actual question, I promise. All right, number eight. No, it's fine. I'm just having fun. Number eight. What is the one thing you wish the show had done? What character would you like to see again? And what angle would you like to see taken on a regular? Okay, you know what came to my mind with the final season of MLP of season eight? How come there wasn't any character arc involving Prince Blue Blood? Because he was only introduced in season one, and they never tried to give any depth to his character throughout the entire series. He would have been perfect for a final uh, final season episode character. Like, maybe Rarity would be sent on a friendship mission, and she has to help him out with something. Like... I really would have liked to see Blue Blood being given some more development in the final season. I was actually considering having him be involved in, like, a future story in the Brushed Away universe, where it turns out, like, a couple years back, I actually did, like, a contest uh, for people to submit their own stories in the universe. And one person had, like, the idea of Blaine one of the triplets in the Claston family actually getting a flower shop in Carolines. I was just thinking... What if Blue Blood ending ended up like falling for him? And that would have been an interesting story. Like I would have liked to have written something involving Blue Blood like growing and developing as a character. Like maybe after Twilight's coronation, Blue Blood helps Spike build up his self-defense skills after his uh scuffle with the Legion of Doom. Like that would have been interesting. Like, I don't know, that's just me. But I would have liked to have seen more blue blood, personally. I think that's a I think that's a great point, especially with, you know, how early he was established and then just kind of tossed aside kind of a bit of the character waste. Yeah, thank you. Number nine. Getting to my other favorite story from you, Sandbar Smashes. What made you want to write the objectively best student ship for the for the best ship for the student six? Well, like I said earlier, when the student six were first introduced, I was fully on board with the Cal Bar ship. And I still think that they're a really good pairing. Of course, that might be a little objective for me because I'm, I, well, my very first story was Troy and Canvas. And that was actually my very first tattoo when I made a million words on fam, on uh, fan fiction. I decided to celebrate by getting my first tattoo on my right shoulder of a super uh, quill and a paintbrush with, like, aqua paint at the tip. That was my very first tattoo, and it was dedicated to my first story. But you know what? When it came to, like, the final season of MLP, and they actually showed, like, good character chemistry between Yona and Sambar, I thought, you know what? That was honestly one of the best canon ships they could have gone with. And... I really like the idea of someone like Sambar falling for Yona. Like, it was a cute idea, and I really wanted to expand on that. And when the prompt itself came up on my Patreon, Sambar Smash was actually a Patreon-suggested poll thing suggested by Thea Winters, and I went with it. And I'm really glad I did, because it is one of my favorite canon ships, aside from, like, maybe... Flutter cord, but you know that's debatable mm. by some. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, just just asking because we talked about tattoos like several times. 
Um, how many horse like pony tattoos do you have? I technically only have one MLP theme tattoo, and that's actually on my chest, like above my left pec. Uh, after the Uncommon Bonds episode where Sunburst uh, was making friends with all of uh, Starlight's acquaintances, there was a brief scene where he was being friends with Twilight, and they brought up the quote, Quiet for Satan Plight, uh, when he was talking about like a book that he found in Rachel Ponish, which translated to Reward Prefers Risk. And I looked that up, and it actually is a legit thing in like old english he like for sitting plight i got i did the research i got the uh phrase typed out accurately i put it through a generator to put it in like an elfish font like war of the rings and i actually have that tattooed on my chest like above my left pack so mm-hmm. it's one of the most subtle mlp tattoos i could think of and you know what i've it still holds up. I got it like a couple years ago. I'm still really happy with it. Yeah, lucky. I want an MLP tattoo so badly, but I keep missing my fucking chance. I, I feel weird getting like an MLP tattoo because I I usually try to get tattoos that are like very emotionally significant, and I keep thinking like, oh, you know, this whole MLP thing. I don't know. But then again, it's kind of not a phase anymore. Right. So <laughs> stares uh, at stares at you in long term girlfriend. Yeah, so maybe like well, maybe if we raise a thousand dollars for charity this year for horse rescue charity, I'll I'll get a pony tattoo or something. You know what? I would be totally for that. Actually, I have two tattoos on my arm right now, and both of them were tattoos I got as milestones. Like the first tattoo I mentioned, the uh paintbrush and silver quill. I got that on my shoulder when I got one million words on thin fiction. When I reached the two million word milestone, and that's actually the one that you put as your uh, thumbnail on the video right now, Mm -hmm. uh, the pencil with a teal day, that was Mm -hmm. what I got on my forearm, two million. I've recently reached the three million word mark, but, you know, due to finances and, you know, obvious issues nowadays, I couldn't really go out and get a tattoo. But I do really want to try to make my next tattoo on my arm being, like, Spike-themed. Like, the helmet from Spike's DJ helmet. But, you know, we'll see what happens there. Well, speaking of what happens, we're going to questions from the Glib Master now. Number one, who's the best and worst stallion in MLP? Um, Best stallion, I would probably say Shining Armor, like... Obviously, I've written a lot of that character, and I put him through so much shit. I feel like I have to give some credit where credit's due. He is one of my favorites. For least favorite, I might say Svengallop, but, you know, I do feel like I could write something with him. Probably fetishy, but I'd rather not go into that right now. Mm. But, you know, who knows? My least favorite was that one guy who bought Pinkie Pie's cannon. You know why he was remember only... that. <laughs> yeah, the one who got intimidated by Maud, which I thought was a great moment. Hell yeah. Like he looked like I remember him as a ponyfied version of Ed, of Eddie from Ed and Eddie. Yeah, I can kind of see what you mean. Uh his appearance made me think more Steve Buscemi, but I can see that. Yeah. Number two, how do you make worst pony become the best pony? 
Uh, you know what? I could see Sven Gallup being given a good redemption arc because I had an idea a while back when I was like super big into the show Survivor, and I had this idea of uh, with like the second season of my idea being like Sven Gallup being in like a uh, white color versus blue color versus no color season, similar to like Worlds Apart, which was. You know what? And nowadays, a pretty controversial season of the actual show. But, like, I have this idea where Sven actually had, like, this detailed backstory where he ended up, like, getting revenge on, like, some ponies who bullied him in high school. And that's what inspired him to build up himself in the corporate world and be, like, this ruthless sort of no-holds-barred negotiator. Of course, I also plan for his character to be taken out on the Survivor season, sort of like Varner and Game Changers. I'm not going to go into that, but you can look that up on YouTube to see how that went. But, oh my god, it was intense. But yeah, that was where I was thinking was Feng out myself. Alright, number three. Is your furry counterpart called the V-Paw? Ooh-woo. I actually have not put much thought into making like a fursona i know that i should i have a few ideas like one is to make a fursona that's like either a grizzly bear or a saint bernard but i'm not exactly sure like i'm pretty happy with the pony persona i have at the moment but i feel like i'd either be a grizzly or saint bernard if i were to go into uh making a fursona so who knows maybe v paw would make sense but I have my reasons for going by the V-Claw, and that's a little bit deeper than what people may think. Uh, All right. I think V-Paw is actually a really cute name, but I would be worried it was already taken. It seems like something that's already been taken, I'm sure. The furry fandom is very wide. Yeah, that is very true. Number four. I like turtles. Oh my god, dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> not cute enough. No, stop. If any of you quote that fucking Master of Disguise. No, stop. I mean, like the one that's like the one scene that everyone remembers from that fucking movie, the it's turtle. It's the only scene I know from that I movie. I wish I didn't remember any scenes from that movie. But I do. It's it, it this this is everything Pencil Hates Day. This is what today is. It's great. It's great. What's the next question, Priest? Number four. What superpower would you like to have? Honestly, I would either say invisibility or going through walls, but invisibility would probably be the best one. Like, I've seen the Invisible Man. I've seen how much that guy could get away with. I feel like invisibility would be, like, the best sort of ability to have overall. Personally. Until you get hit by a car. Yeah, that's very true. But, you know, and the only consequence of that is just, like, stay on the sidewalk. I could do that. Like, that's not that big of a rule. They, like, they, you know, when people choose invisibility and they say, oh, yeah, so I can spy on the girls in the girls' locker room, they never think, what if you slip on a bar of soap and break your neck and you're just an invisible corpse in the bathroom? That's well, fetish. I wouldn't be using my powers to just, like, spy on women. I'd be using it to, like, maybe sneak into a bank vault, get a bunch of money, Maybe pull a bag out outside the view of cameras, like stuff like that. Like he's got to get them hookers and blow, yeah. or pot, or who knows, who knows. Yeah, that. Mm. that. 
Number five. acceptable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> at any time, number five, at any time during your, like, writing career, have you just, like, sat down and said to yourself, why do I like this? You know, I definitely had that feeling before. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just to, like, try to limit myself to what I'm capable of doing and just, like, keep myself in a good state of mind to, like, continue doing what I do without really, like, feeling too overwhelmed overall. Because, you know, this is what I'm doing as a living right now. Like, I don't really have any outside jobs. So writing is my sole source of income. So I got to, like, keep myself thinking, all right, I got to keep myself determined on this. So, you know, I just got to make sure I know my limits and know, okay, I could do this. All right. Now then, we got a couple questions from Terry the Human before we go to our uh, halfway ad break. Uh, Terry the Human starts by saying, what's your favorite story that you've written? Um, obvious, uh, Obviously, my favorite would be the Brushed Away series. Like, I actually did a fourth or third sequel to that story with Campus Cutie Mark Vision, and that was honestly the most uh, self-indulgent story I did because that one was entirely of things that I wanted to do, like having Canvas getting his first tattoo because I know from experience that's sort of like uh, the tattoo experience and knowing what it's like and having him get into the craft was sort of like sort of my way of just writing a story that I wanted to get into. And also, it was a great excuse for me to include my first, like, a transgender character that was, like, an OC of mine, uh, of Flamingo Fire, who was in the first Brushed Away story. And I had her reappear in Campus Cutie Mark Mission after her, after her transition. And I'm really happy with how that story turned out overall. Like, Campus Cutie Mark Mission is one of my all-time favorite stories I've done. And... Honestly, if anyone is a fan of the Brush Away stories, I would highly recommend they check that out because that is one of the stories I'm really proud of doing myself, even though it is super indulgent personally. Hey, sometimes you got to indulge in yourself, you know? Treat yeah, yourself. absolutely. Number two. Absolutely. What is your favorite male-male, male-female, and female-female ships? All right, favorite male-male... Um, if we're talking about like, af uh, if we're talking about like possible pairings in the show, my favorite male male, you know what? I'm going to go with what my boyfriend has gotten me into with writing Big Mac and Caramel was a super sweet ship. And even though it's a little disheartening to see Big Mac with Sugar Bell, you know, that's not something I'm not really going to judge too much, but yeah, I do like Big Mac and Caramel and I actually... With my Spike stories, I kind of had so that Big Mac was, like, bisexual, and he ended up with Sugar Bell at the end, and, you know, I think that makes sense. Uh, for my favorite male-female, I gotta say Sambar and Yona, or Discord and Fluttershy. Either one of those are ships I'm a really big fan of, and when it comes to FF... You know I gotta go with Lyra and Bon Bon. Like, the fact that they actually confirmed that in the show is something I gotta give major props for. Like, even though it was, like, off in the corner 
like very briefly. You know what? It's still something. I got to respect that wholeheartedly. Respect indeed. Now we're about halfway through the cast. And since this is things that Pencil does not like week, Milk and Enigma, do the ad. Go. Do it. Now. Hey, Milk. Hey, Enigma. Do you like doing ads for horses? Push the talk. Push <laughs> not, the talk. I am pushing the talk, but not at all. <laughs> well, too bad, because you're doing right now. Because here at the Barcast, if you give us money, we give that money to Horse Sanctuary, Red Wing Sanctuary. Wow. I, I like this, but please continue and tell me more. No, Mel, this is your time to shine. Here Enigma, you go. I, 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 I opened up Enigma, for you. Enigma, I'm going to shoot you. you I'm going to shoot you. You best do the ad like I said. <laughs> He's going to shoot me. Give money to the horses, damn it. Please. Did he break his leg? <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, boys. How do you give money to horses? Electronically. <laughs> you give us the <laughs> you give us your credit card information and the three little digits on the back of the card to save the horses. <laughs> Don't forget your expiration date, guys. <laughs> and then put the card back in your parents' wallet. They'll never know. Two ways oh, that you like... can donate to um, the Barcast and give money to horse charity is you can give us bits on Twitch. If you look in the lower right-hand corner, there's a little diamond. You click on the little diamond. And uh, then you watch an ad, and you can give us free bits. The bits become real money, and we give the real money to horses. We don't keep any of it ourselves. The other way is you can subscribe to our Patreon and donate us money that way. Thank you, Alex, for posting a link. The link is in the chat right now. You go there, give us money, and maybe we'll do something nice for you, but probably not because we always forget to give our perks. But it doesn't matter because the money is going to charity. It's at Red Wings Horse Sanctuary in California, and I'm surrounded by incompetence. And we're done. Way to ruin our perfect pitch pencil. Oh, we were going to get so much money with the credit cards. Speaking of incompetence, it's time for Pe Enigma to read our comics as questions. Yes, it's time. It's time, everyone. Enigma, are you ready? I've been punished enough, but whatever. It's time. I, I can go for some more punishment. Do it. You do, our, our comic says, you do a lot of commission work. Have you ever found yourself typecast as the guy who always writes X? Is that a bad thing? Would you branch? Well, to be fair, like, there's a lot of things I've written out, like, in various kinks. Like, I think at the moment, the big thing I'm known for is, like, maybe cuckolding, but I'm not exactly sure. But I do expand myself in enough different kinks and fandoms. I don't really feel like I'm tied down to one specific thing. So that doesn't really come as much of an issue on my end. Like, yeah, I might do a lot of, like, a specific fandom or a specific kink, but I try to expand myself as much as I can, so it doesn't really come as much of an issue. I, too, can come with no issue. Number two, <laughs> when, did, when did you realize you could make money from words? Honestly, I've been getting requests for commissions ever since I was still running S, uh, Safe for Work stuff. One of the first people to try to contact me about writing a commission, this was before I even had a PayPal thing, was some guy who wanted, like, a fart fetish thing between, like, his you human... You between, like a, between, like, a human character and a rainbow dash. And I was like, no, I'm sorry, I don't really have any means to do that. I, I cannot, yeah, I mean, 
I am in that same bucket. Someone tried to commission me for fart porn once, and I said to myself, how the fuck do I make fart sexy? I mean, who knows? Like, you know what? Anything can be made erotic if you have the right mindset, but, you know, that was back when I couldn't really think of anything to do for it. I was just like, eh, clearly maybe all, ask someone else. Clearly, all we, we, we declined it because we were full of hot air. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Number three. What stands out as the greatest commission you've ever accepted? Um, I'm not exactly sure. I kind of want to say, like, when it came to the writing, the showing his play series, like, the first two stories I did were purely, like, personal. Like, the first one was, like, based on, like, a pic I saw of, like, Shining being cucked by Sombra and Kano. Just, like, I could write a story of that. And then I wrote the second story, part two, and I was just thinking, how can I make that further? So I had Twilight involved and had, like, this fake sort of re-wedding thing. Then after that, someone came to me and was just like, hey, I'll pay you 250 bucks to make a sequel where Kane's gets pregnant. And I was desperate enough to agree to that. And after that, like, everyone was wanting to pay me for that. So that sort of, like, helped me out a lot, wholeheartedly. So that was probably one of the best investments, but that's probably the one that's coming to mind is probably the one commission that really helped me out the most overall. And now for the the, the part that I hate most. This isn't really... Is this a question? I never know if these are questions, but... Arconix then asks, let me just take a swig of my chalky milk here. Do it. Fuck, I believe in you. I believe in you. God, I got no chalky milk. Going in dry, bitch. Now that, by appearing on this podcast, you are found honor Tobuscus. You no doubt have come to see that your place as an artist carries a heavy burden and a dilemma. Between the commissioning of the art and the art of commissioning, especially when responsibility for the commissioning of creation conflicts with the responsibility for the creation of the commission, a position in which all commissioning creative artists who value the outposts of their commission, companion artists' creative commissionings must surely find themselves in the fullest of time. One hopes they will not engage in the usual fl- flamboyant filipitation, excuse you, of the less enlightened towards this eternal issue, and be sure to tip your enigma, milady. I think we're not going to tip enigma. You can try harder on that word. <laughs> I'm honestly not sure. So, yeah, what do you say to that? I mean, the answer is quite simple to me. Is it to you? I honestly could not process half of that. Like, I had, like, four shots before (laughs) this interview even started. And I'm just hearing that statement. I'm just imagining the guy who asked that question wearing, like, a big fedora and tipping it in my direction. But, like... The, The answer to this question is yes, but only on Tuesdays. Okay, yeah, uh, yes, but only on Tuesdays, I guess. And he's talking about masturbating. That's the only time he can take his Viagra. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, not we're moving. It's not, Vi- it's not Viagra, it's Cialis. Get it right. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. If we All take right. the Viagra, I'd be like, oh, see all of us. I'm going to move on. <laughs> 
where Enigma, you've had your time. We're moving on to Jamie Lyon now. Number one. Oh, boy. If elected as a president of an organization, what two words do you combine into one word? Oh, like of a word organization. Like synergy. Okay. I honestly have no idea. Like, I don't know. I'm pretty used with words as they are as a writer, so I'm not really sure what two words I could actually, like, think off the top of my head to combine to make into one, Mm. personally speaking. I think that's fair. Um, Number two, have you ever worried that farting during sleep will fill up your blanket like a hot air balloon and you will float off to a part unknown in the world? (laughs) (laughs) This is the best rewrite of Up I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Just go off the Mac, here be dragons. I haven't been worried about that myself, but I do know that I've had, like, an issue with farting too often, but, you know, that's purely me personally but you know i'm not really worried about that just because i've known from experience that that isn't really likely to happen but you know who knows and then number three is which one character in any franchise would you have wear a diaper okay um that's a weird Canon-wise, there's only three characters that wear diapers. I will Bill say... Pickles. <laughs> I will say there is one character that does lead to an interesting question. I gotta ask you guys. Do you think Tony Stark would wear a diaper in his Iron Man suit? Yes, no? because astronauts do it. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's what I was point. wondering. Like, Do you think he would have to wear that? And if so... That could honestly lead to an interesting scenario. Like, maybe he gets injured and Spider-Man is, like, trying to help him gang out of his suit. Did you see sees that? Just like, what the fuck? Don't question it. Just ignore that. To be fair, though. To be fair, Tony would probably create some horrifying catheter-like robot thing that sucks the pee rat out of your dick so he wouldn't have to wear a diaper. I thought he did. I don't know. Like, he's... I don't know. Tony Stark has been a kinky son of a bitch before. Like, there have been some <laughs> comics where it's been confirmed that he's, like, been into pegging and stuff. So, who knows? Maybe he would be into that. Like, I mean, I'm trying to think. I thought there was a spot in one of the movies that said, uh, if somebody asked him, how do you go pee in the suit? And, and he pees in it, yeah. Like, or am I thinking of a different movie? No, you're thinking of it. Yeah, it was Iron Man 2. I mean, of all the characters who would be confident enough to answer that question honestly, Tony Stark might be one of them. I'm just going to be honest right there. I don't like pain when I calf. You what? Nothing. Never mind. We're moving on. Okay. Nobody special is up next. That is their username. I'm not being an insult person. Um, Enigma, or not Enigma, Jesus. Uh, Rab, do you want to ask these questions? <laughs> All right, all right. I'll take nobody special. I'm so sad. Anyways, (laughs) the V-Claw. More like the Dung Claw. Am I right, fellas? I mean, that's just mean. Yeah, like, I think I saw that question up in the thread. I think Mm -hmm. that was just more like a joke sort of thing to get himself be known, just to, like, have his question Mm -hmm. be brought up. But, you know. All right. I don't well, really have any. 
He yeah. said, yeah. Next, read the next line. Read the next yeah. line. It's fine. I just saw that. No, just kidding. Is this life or is it this just fantasy? Is this a movie uh, song quote? Is this the real life or is this just fantasy? Caught it a landslide. No escape from reality. Come on, Rav. You can do it. I gotta I say that that it's uh, Rhapsody. It's fucking Rhapsody. Yes, you know that song. I love that flavor. I gotta say that retelling of those lyrics is still better than the Rami Malik film. Let's be honest. Like you know, what I mean, like the Bohemian Rhapsody. That movie was such a disappointment. Mm. I have yet to watch it, so I can't really say one way or the other on it. Um, well, moving on to something more pleasurable. How do you think a tail job would be? I think it would depend on the type of species. Like a pony, I think they might not be able to use their tail that well. But <laughs> it's like brushing your like hair the wrong way. Like a tail creature like Spike, they might be able to use their tail better for that mm. sort of thing. I think it would depend on the species uh, more than anything else. What if it's all tail like a snake? <laughs> I'd be more. Well, a snake would spines. definitely have a good experience with that sort of thing. I think any scale creature would have better uh, control of their tail than, like, a stallion, personally, or a griffin. Although is, I is did it... have, I did sort of emphasize that a griffin could use their tail pretty well in brush away the private moments, but. Well, I mean, we had Gilda freaking stealing an apple right off a cart with, just with her tail, so I mean, they've got to be somewhat, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dexterous. No, prehensile. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, and he says, I do hope you will have fun with these dorks. Love you guys. Aw. Aw, that's that's so nice. Aw, thank you. Now, Pencil, I'm going to give you something nice this cast. It's time for questions of Vylon. Vylon asks, how are you today? I'm doing very well for myself right now. Thank you very much. I don't have any complaints. That concludes questions of Vylon. Alex underscore is up next. Number one, what are your hopes and dreams for 2021? Well, my biggest one will be to get my story brushed away uh, transfer to physical print and actually publish so I could like sell that to various fans and also just try to maintain my status of being able to write uh, purely freelance and to get people to continue to follow my work wholeheartedly. And, you know, if you want to help with that, I got my Patreon at the VQAW. You can also follow my Fim Fiction for Fanny Soferty to help that happen. Number two, did you realize that it's almost February? What happened to January? You know what? A lot has happened during January, so I don't really blame people for thinking it's gone by too fast. But, you know, that's just the how same, time works. The same the thing that happened at age. To, fuck, to, to quote Red Letter Media, fuck you, it's January. Number three. What's the worst thing you've ever had in your mouth? Um, hmm. 
I'm honestly not 100% sure about that. Like, I've had a lot in my mouth, but I can't really think of any that I've openly regretted having in my mouth. I, I, I have something. Oh. My, my answer is a middle school chicken sandwich, and the chicken tasted like it was a chain smoker. What the fuck was that first word? A middle school chicken sandwich. Oh, I thought you said something else, like it was some fancy word you couldn't pronounce. Fucking, I'm deaf as shit. <laughs> I mean, middle school usually isn't something he can pronounce, but... Well, no, I mean, it, to me, it sounds like he middle school, like he, like he was... A minuscule, a minuscule chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Number four. Uh, V-Claw, what are your hopes for Generation 5? Um, honestly, I can't really say what I have thought out for Gen 5. I'm wanting to keep that up to the writers because, you know, the moment fans start thinking more about the show than the writers do, that's when hate mail starts, that's when people start getting overly attached to it, and I don't want to end up like those assholes who sent death threats to the writers during seasons 8 and 9. Like, I don't want to do that sort of thing, so I'm just keeping that solely on them. That's what they're known for. I'm just going along for the ride. What I'm looking forward to is if Spike continues his trend of upper body strength that in Gen 5, (laughs) his body evolves into some sort of Sebulba-esque creature where he walks around in his arms. You're making me think of the fucking uh, bulldog from Sly Cooper. (laughs) All right. Now we've got some questions from a non-pencil. I'm Uh, ready. Go for it. Go for it. Z-Claw. Yes. What would you whisper into a vagina? What would it whisper back? Get the away from me, Gabuck. <laughs> you're you're probably right. <laughs> um, those are my questions. Really nicely done. So unbirthing. No, no. No. no I've only seen one unbirthing pig, and I'm glad that I'm not really thinking about that until just now. Uh <laughs> anything right. for the cringe i guess last but not least the final question that we have for you is from sombert what fic help you decide to start a patreon and start accepting commissions i honestly do not know i think i started i honestly don't know what fic made me want to think about doing that i think i just realized you know what? People have wild ideas. I might as well try to make some profit off of it. And when I started my Patreon, that was mostly just to... I think I started that when I first moved to my current apartment because I was unjustly evicted from my old one when I moved my boyfriend in. When I moved my boyfriend in, and they sort of, like, just sent me a notice less than a month later saying that I had to leave. And... So many people managed to help me out during that time. Like, people from work were giving me boxes so I can help pack things up. And after I moved, I managed to get enough funds to help keep up with bills from people donating to various stores. I was just thinking, 
you know what? I might as well just get a Patreon to get that, uh, keep that going. So, yeah, I don't think it was really any specific story. It was just the time I was in helped me realize how important that was for me. So, yeah, that will be my answer right there. Fair enough. Now, that is the last question that we've got for you. So, in order to tie all of this up with a nice little bow on top, um, if people listen to this or catch this on iTunes or something like that, and they're like, darn, I missed the opportunity to ask a question. Aren't I just a stinker? What would be the best way for them to get in contact and send you a message and perhaps ask them a question that we didn't get to ask here today? I would say either PM me on FinFiction or FurFanny or maybe just follow my official Patreon. You can see what I'm look uh, what I'm working on at the moment. I'm currently working on a sequel to Game Night. I have about 9,200 words worth of content written for that story so far. And after that, I'll have the uh, Haida from Agrasuko getting pegged. But yeah, I would suggest uh, one of those websites would be good to bring up for my work fair enough well do you have any uh, do you have any final messages for your fans out there um i would just say keep tuned because i have a lot more coming for 2021 i am not slowing down on my progress in any way shape or form and just keep an eye out because i have a lot planned and 2021 is going to be just as active as it was in 2020 so, yeah, keep keep an eye out. I'm still here. Yeah. All right. Well, then, that's all we've got for today. V, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with us and answer our terrible questions. It's no problem at all. I'm very glad to be here. I've been wanting to try to uh, build up my uh, fan base, so hopefully this will get more people interested in my work. Well, we hope that we can get the word out there. Um, Milk, what are we up to next week? More pain and suffering, as usual. That sounds about right. So with that being said, thank you for listening to this edition of the Barcast. Your bartenders for this evening have been a non-pencil. Uh, to answer the question in the chat, because I said I would, um, I actually like the new Iron Wheels wager. There you go. Mwah. Next person. Yay. <laughs> Enigmatic Otaku? Martha, why did you say that name? Milk? Who the fuck is Martha? Rav? Sorry, what? Our amazing guest, B-Claw. Thank you very much. I'm glad to have been here. And I am a sack of garbage. Thank you, and see you all next time. Bye-bye!